there, buddy. How you doing? Welcome back to a little uh, Dom That's True. Uh, it's week three, episode three of the podcast. Got my host here, Owen Dom. I'm Trimstein. Owen, how are you doing? Dude, I'm chilling. It's actually, you know, kind of a cloudy day outside, but my looks sunny, man, and we're going to get this today it does look a little sunny it's been kind of a uh, better weather i you know i know we're in different kind of parts of the u.s right now but oh man it's it's hoodie it's hoodies when you wake up and you can fade into shorts and t-shirts in the afternoon it uh it's it's uh it's pretty nice pretty nice yeah it's gonna be an unusually uh proud season to wear my islanders hoodie i think i'm actually gonna get some recognition yeah. Instead of people just looking at me like, what is this? Like, you're not from Long Island. What are you doing? Right. You know? exactly. Yeah. I it mean, might be time to bandwagon. It's a time. It's a good time to be an Islanders fan. Well, I mean, you know, respectively, obviously, we've got the conference finals coming up and everything like that, you know, and we'll get in and we'll get in. I mean, uh, not that we're done with the conference finals. We've got the Stanley Cup finals coming up and we'll get into the Stanley Cup finals here uh, a little later in the show. Obviously, uh, the biggest the biggest sports news in the in America after every weekend is always going to be the NFL. So, um, you know, just, uh, you know, we, uh, we have a few biases, you know, so I, you know, and I think me and you maybe start off, uh, talk about the chiefs game a little bit, talk about, talk a little bit about the chiefs. Then we'll talk about all the contenders in the NFL, kind of do a little bit of uh, individual player look at, then we'll transition the NHL and talk about our Stanley cup playoffs, which <laughs> don't feature our Islanders, but I guess that's fine. Sometimes, but um, but again, as for as for the NFL, uh, this is a question that uh, I think a lot of Chiefs fans. It was a weird phenomenon that happened with Chiefs fans while we were going, and it was like, and, it, and it, it's a problem also for the NFL. But it, I mean, but we felt it. We felt some weird things going on in that stadium, of course. But uh, the big, the, kind of the big story of the week right now, and it, in you know, there was some hilarity with it in Philly and. Some weird things with the Chiefs, but uh, how are you feeling about the artificial crowd noise? Obviously, the COVID nineteen restricting a lot of crowd sizes and stuff like that. But like the Chiefs had the in, in the game in the Chargers game had the the weird lady that they must have recorded shrieking over everything. Yeah, which was all you know. Which and, and the, you know the players aren't hearing that. It's just the just the people at home that are getting. Wait, this. wait, they're not they're not pumping that into the stadium. I don't believe they're pumping into the stadium. I I, I could be wrong. I did not you know might, that. You might, that totally... you might you might double check me, but I just as last I checked, that was the that's how I understood it to be. Is that if they're not, they're not pumping that. that noise into the stadium, that is like the worst production job I've ever seen. If you notice, all the cheers are late. It's like the people running this have no predictive brain cells in their mind. They, you know, when you're seeing that pass go down the field, it doesn't matter if you mess up and press the cheer button when, you know, they drop the pass when they're, you're supposed to cheer when they catch it. But it's got to be close to the play, man. All of these screams are like one and a half seconds behind. I specifically remember uh, Mahomes' uh, two-point conversion to, to McCole Hardman was like like two seconds late. It was it, – it's, it's just got to be better. If, and especially – with you know that shrieking lady on the charges i mean who okayed that that means at least two people okayed that that's that can't happen right yeah there's absolutely no way that only one person is running that it just and it felt you know and it's it is it's to add to the effect it's supposed to make it feel like sunday and you know goddamn, it feels like an nfl sunday it doesn't feel that different i enjoy i enjoy watching the games it's just not it's not insane but i just it's I mean, it's not, it's just not, it's just kind of odd sometimes. And if you can pick the crowd noise, why would you pick 
the weird things with with that going on. I just I I, I struggle to uh, see their thinking there, and so I don't. Yeah, you know. I mean I'm there with you, man. Like it's just. Oh, by the way, I did get some insider information on the the Chiefs shrieking lady. Confirmed not to be Brittany Mahomes by the Queen of KC by herself. Oh, of course, so, of course, it wasn't. So that that's good. There was some speculation that it was a Instagram recording of Brittany, but you know, thankfully, it was not. But right. and on the crowd noise, uh, the Premier League, as you know, I'm a big uh, Premier League soccer fan. They're actually not pumping in crowd noise, and I think it's I think it's fine. You get you hear the players' reactions. You hear them like calling for passes and stuff. I understand maybe you can't do that with the uh, NFL because they might be uh, might be yelling some uh, some different things than what soccer players yell, but I don't know, man. Right? Yeah, there's certainly a few a uh, few different. You know, there's a few more play calls, a few more sideline noises. Um, but it's it's certainly interesting to have a few things or have those things going on. And like, I don't, I just don't know how to really i don't it's just it's just odd i if, if you have any choice in the crowd noise i just don't get why those are your choices and of course we can't talk about we were caught up on the chiefs game but of course the funniest thing to happen in the crowd noise of the weekend was the was the philadelphia eagles pre, oh, you know my. while we we're talking about fan noise we're talking about <laughs> adding to the crowd experience and talking about how you know some people aren't nailing it and some people are uh, the Philadelphia Eagles person that played the booing for Carson Wentz at the Eagles game, it's that's incredibly funny. That's an incredibly that's a accurate. legend. That's, that's a ex- legend to move. I mean, that's, that's exactly what Eagles fans would do if they were there. I mean, you know. And he deserves a raise. Right. So Really deserves a raise. Right. I Yeah, it's I, – I have absolutely no issues with that. I think that's I think that's very funny. You know, two ends of the spectrum. Weird shrinking lady with the Chiefs. Uh, funny booing by Carson Playing Wentz. Playing booing for yeah. your own team. That's – that's, that's great. I mean, that's knowing your fan base, you know. That's everybody was like, yeah. That's are the Eagles fans there? That's crazy. You know? I mean, so. I look and looking into it too. Like when you really like look into these stats, like dude, yeah, they got booed. Carson Wentz, twenty six of forty three with two forty two and two picks. Yikes! Eagles fans are one hundred percent booing that. Right, one hundred percent. Yeah. But um, moving on from some of the artificial stuff. And uh, mostly just the what actually happened with the Chiefs. Um, you know, obviously we had Parod Taylor had the had the chest issues before the game started. Ended up not starting. They had to throw in their rookie quarterback that they drafted this year, Justin Herbert, in, and he performed um, admirable. Admirably, he uh, he went for twenty two and thirty three and three hundred and eleven yards and one touchdown. But he did have that costly interception. Mm-hmm. And welcome to the AFC West, kid. You can't yep. make costly interceptions like that. You know, again, they were up 17, 17 nine at that point. And he throws that interception, and you can't give Patrick. They gave Patrick Mahomes hope, right? And you can't do that, right? And you know, not to put anything bad on the kid. I mean, the Chargers had been consistently kind of underperforming that game, settling for field goals. So if they get a touchdown on on that drive, sure, it really puts a wrench in things for Chiefs, and we might have seen a different outcome. But if the Chargers settle for uh, settle for three there it, instead of just you know settling for that field goal on that fourth and one on the drive to tie the game the Chiefs just picked that up because it's Patrick Mahomes and right. we win the game a different time so I mean no slight to the charge but yeah Justin Herbert played really well uh he had some miscues on some passes that were costly for him but I don't think you know Tyrod Taylor's making those throws um he's not he's not throwing the pick but I don't think he's slinging it down the field to uh to, to Keenan Allen like Herbert was 
Right, and it's kind of an odd game because it felt like the Chiefs were... I mean, because the Chiefs were behind the entire game. Mm-hmm. And as the Chiefs fans, you've come in to be like, well, just wait, we'll see. I'm not scared yet. You know, we're not really mm-hmm. scared until there's zeros on the clock. You right. know, because it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. And if it's a one-possession game with Patrick Mahomes, you're never truly scared or never truly feeling out of it. Obviously, they were down They were down uh, 10 points in the, in the Super Bowl, and we saw how that went, you know. And right. They erased that and three minutes or whatever Mm -hmm. so it's not you know it's just but like it didn't feel great right and it almost felt like for a lot of that game justin herbert ended up outdoing patrick mahomes but then you look at the end stat line uh you know again like i said herbert had 311 one touchdown one interception and mahomes had 302 and two touchdowns and no interceptions still hasn't thrown a touchdown uh sorry still hasn't thrown an interception in september of patrick mahomes's young career so Mm -hmm. always off to a hot start but I don't know. It's just it's it's very it's very interesting. I mean, does it scare you for the future for the for what we're going to see from uh, the Chargers in the future or uh, until does it, does it make you a little nervous about that AFC West? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be fun. Um, I just think it's going to make it you know more competitive. But until the Chargers hire a head coach that knows when to go for it on fourth down and when to punt, I'm not scared. Uh, the Chargers made some egregious decisions to punt and then go for different fourth, da- fourth downs during that game that, you know, probably ended up costing them the game. So, I mean, I'm with you there, but, like, it looked like, you know, because here's, here's what teams are learning about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you have to go for it. Fourth and short, mm-hmm. unless you're up two scores, you have to go for it. And... Right. Oh. Shoot. Uh. Yeah, you just you have to go for it. I actually, I sorry, I I've been muted on my stream there for a bit, so uh, <laughs> that's great. Um, but we, uh, but yeah, as as we're learning, you you have to go for a lot of those things. You have to go for teams are adjusting to Patrick Mahomes, where they're learning that fourth and one, fourth and short, it's it's a must. It's no longer a, right. Maybe a punt. And maybe a field goal. It's you got to go for the score. You got to go for seven. You got to take mm-hmm. all the points you possibly could. So it's right. certainly interesting. But I mean, I'm also not too worried. The Chiefs were starting basically uh, rookies and second year players on the corner position. Um, we're out their main run stopper in MV Pinnell, who is back for the Ravens game this week. Um, and then uh, also without obviously Bashad Breeland, and then had had Frank Clark exit the game early due to a. You know, a stomach issue probably, you know, ate something bad. You know, probably some seafood. But, uh, you know, yeah, so I'm not too worried about the Chiefs' future, but I, I do think that Justin Herbert is going to be good once he puts it all together. Right. I'm, you know, and speaking of, you know, the Chiefs did look vulnerable. And you know, like you talked about, we do have the, we do have a big, our number one run stopper coming back next week after the after the two-week suspension from, I, b- I believe, performance-enhancing drugs or something on the drug mm, policy, yeah. as always, um, right. with in, with Mike Pinnell coming back, a solid run stopper in the middle. Of course, Chris Jones is good, but he's not good at stopping the run. He's good at, he's good at right. rushing the pass. I mean, he's he's very upfield, and he's not very disciplined for as good as he is and as big of an impact as he can have. He's still not very disciplined. So um, he's not as big of a, a run stopper. But, you know, the Chiefs, uh, through two games here, you know, uh, less so in the Houston game, but of course, when you go to the overtime against the, the rookie quarterback-led Chargers, it's going to – they look vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. And the Ravens don't. And so – Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to put too much stock into the Ravens' first two wins. 
Uh, they did what the Ravens do and beat up on crappy teams. Um, they beat up the Texans and they beat up the Browns. Uh, wow. Man, those are some statement wins against franchises that aren't going to make the playoffs. So um, I'm not – until the Ravens can prove that they can win games that aren't in the regular season, uh, I'm not too scared. Uh, the Ravens have a very serious uh, chance to, to win this game, but if Lamar does what he's done against the Chiefs in the past and scramble for a bunch of first downs and then wildly miss an important third and eight throw, then – I'll see, basically, I'll see it when I'll see it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, obviously the Chargers rushed for, rushed for 183 yards. And I believe if I, if I saw this right, yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens ran for 230 yards this weekend. And um, that's going to be the key. That's got to be the key to beating the Chiefs. If, uh, you mm-hmm. know, when you look at teams that beat the Chiefs last year, there's a lot of teams that ran them to death. Uh, right. Houston, Houston had, oh, man, uh, Carlos Hyde run all over him when he came back in his revenge game. Um, Derrick Henry ran all over him in the Tennessee game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Colts game was nineteen thirteen. Again, Mahomes was hurt that last year uh, for the, uh, most of that game. But again, another where they just ran him to death in a low scoring game. I mean, it, and again, a lot of those were low low scoring. And the Titans game right. was very fluky. But I mean, it's, oh, yeah, I was gonna say. But that's how you beat that's how you beat the Chiefs is you is you run mm-hmm. and you keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. You go for it on fourth. You go for it on fourth fourth and short, and you keep and you run the ball well, and you keep the ball out of. Mahomes' hands, and I think that's and, and so the Ravens have to be a very scary threat for that because they have a very smart mm-hmm. coach in John, in John, Jim, John, Jim, John, John. I always get mixed up. Which one's the dumb one at Michigan? Um, but <laughs> John Harbaugh is a very a very smart coach, and they've got an amazing and they've got an amazing rushing attack. You know, they can they can, uh, the Ravens can do it to you in a lot of ways. They can obviously Lamar Jackson's the best running quarterback in the NFL, right? I mean, Mahomes did pick up some pretty nice uh, conversions, but, you know. Ran Wasp by himself. Right, but, you know, they had uh, – the Ravens had four rushers combined for that 230, and and uh, all four of those rushers had, had at least 48 yards, and they were all averaging mm-hmm. – uh, let's see, there's an average of seven, there's an average of six, there's an average uh, – Lamar averaged like four, and J.K. Dobbins averaged 24 yards a carry for two carries for 48 yards. So, again, it's just a that's a very scary threat mm-hmm. because because you know again it's not one back who's who's knocking you down it's an every single down kind of guy you know Lamar right. Jackson could run it uh, Mark Ingram could run it J.K. Dobbins could run it you never know who's going to run it and so everybody's always a running threat and it, and you stack the box and Lamar Jackson can get it done it, it can can make all right throws if you have to stack the box. So right. I think pressure is going to be key. And obviously, uh, we'll see how that addition of the defensive tackle, uh, Mike Pinnell, coming back this week helps. The linebackers yeah. from the Chiefs did not look very good, and I think that's very scary. But uh, I've been talking for a long time. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I was just going to let you go there. You're on a roll. But uh, so I think it's just Willie Gay season, man. Uh, let's, let's, put our, let's put our second rounder. Let's put him on the field. Let's see what he's doing. He's, he's already contributed on special teams, has a block punt already. Um you know, and as well with Spagnuolo-led defenses, they've shown a remarkable uh, consistency of just getting better as the season goes on. So, I mean, it's a third game, so we're you know six we're six games away from peak Spagnuolo defense in Week Nine, but uh, uh, we're getting significant players back. And uh, like I said, on, until the Ravens prove that they can do it, uh, I'm not going to pick pick against Patrick Mahomes. 
Right. And um, obviously, Willie Gay. Uh, Spagnuolo is very similar to Andy Reid in that uh, for for an Andy Reid-led offense, Spagnuolo defense is very similar in that they don't love giving the rookies uh, early playing time. It's hard, hard for them to catch on. It's very complicated schemes or plays or whatever it is. So there is tough times where maybe they don't immediately – uh, get playing time so there's question a lot of questions on it is Willie Gay ready and you know we saw him get in for a few snaps but that was after Hitchens and Wilson was and after Wilson knocked himself out and somehow came back into the game I'm very confused about that yeah I don't know uh also the the hit on Sammy Watkins uh I don't even think I had this on the script but that also another insane I don't you just in, incredible I in a league I it, it's it's insane that they're like similar to like what we see with hockey a lot of time is a lot of times sometimes those guys get a minor or something like that and then we find out after the game that the NHL has reviewed it and they suspend somebody and I'm not saying right. a suspension but some sort of fine or something would have been appreciated that was an insane hit on a on a defenseless Sammy Watkins that was already getting tackled pretty much to the ground and the guy mm-hmm. came in uh, textbook led with the helmet just to hurt him yeah, just speared to hurt him just speared him in the ear speared hole him, speared him right in the helmet just to hurt him I mean that's Literally, there was nothing. There's no in you know football is football is hard no. Sometimes you hit people just to hit people, but that's uh, they've kind of moved away from that, and that's insane what they're doing. I just I I don't know, man. I don't I don't get oh. it. <laughs> yeah, I anticipate that's going to be looked at, and a, a fine will be handed out. I mean, this is probably one of those things that you know, yeah. After the Ravens game, we're going to find out that this dude's getting suspended. Uh, you know, like you know, a week into some change later. Which is, you know, the NFL's bread and butter. Just, you know, oh, right, we got to do something. Uh, okay, uh, let's take twenty five hundred bucks. Uh, don't do it again. I, I feel like that's what's going to happen. No, I don't uh, think. I, I here's the thing: is I think it already would have came in. Obviously, we saw. Uh, we we saw millions of dollars come out over the, <laughs> over the weekend, uh, where, it, yeah, I mean, we saw what was it was a total of a million dollars I think for the teams and the coaches for not wearing masks on the sideline yeah like kyle yeah i think it was kyle shanahan pete carroll someone else who was actually kind of smart I, it felt like weird smart coaches that weren't that were getting the, it's like uh, sean did, payton guys sean oh payton yeah guys are just talk, guys are just talking a lot didn't sean payton get covid this is, this is insane didn't i i had pretty sure that, I, I know that I, both sidelines from the raiders are getting the raiders and the saints are combined right so i just you know and but we haven't seen the fines. We've already seen the fines come in for the weekend. I I don't remember seeing the same, I don't remember seeing the Los Angeles Chargers player. I and I remember the guy the name's guy's name. It's just I it's just kind of insane that right. Uh so yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Um we're off topic. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about everybody coming back. We're talking about and uh but I mean for that Monday night game we're going to see them with uh without mo- without Sammy Watkins, more than likely. I mean, that's in that is a Pringle huge, season. It's all right. It's not a huge I mean, loss. That, no, no, that is a huge loss. That's insane to say that's not a huge loss. Obviously, uh, the Chiefs wouldn't have won the Super Bowl without Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is uh, right. famously very productive in the beginning of the season, and then kind of trails off. And so, uh, uh, so it's like I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm worried about it, but obviously we haven't seen Lamar. Get it done and uh, over Mahomes ever, and especially not in the Raiders. Or over, uh, he's, he's been close a, two mm-hmm. to three times, and he just chokes it away. And right, uh, you know, until Ma- until Lamar proves to me that he can beat good teams, 
Um, I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, I believe the Ravens had like the 31st strength of schedule last year. I think it, it might have been actually the easiest. Let me check. Right. And and obviously the, the Ravens are getting it done with uh, – they're getting it done in the turnover battle, and that's huge. You know, they're – their defense has forced a league-leading five five turnovers, and the offense has only turned it, uh, I think, turned it over once. No, yeah, mm-hmm. has only turned over once through, the, through their two games, and the defense forced five turnovers. So uh, that's that's a winning formula. But the thing about the Chiefs is the Chiefs haven't turned it over at all on offense this year, and right. but the defense has only turned it over twice with Legarius Sneed having two interceptions. That's can you believe that? It's funny. Top that of the league, by the way. The rookie, yeah, leading the NFL, the rookie cornerback who. Picked in his seventh round, eighth, sixth round, late. No, Steve was a fourth round pick. Was he late? Okay, I don't. I guess oh, you're thinking of Bo Pete Keys. Ah, uh-huh. yes. Uh but you know, again, it's going to come down to a big, the big turnover battle, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm interested to see because we're we're watching an un, an immovable object re- hit, or we're watching an unstoppable force crash into an immovable object. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Sorry. And so what I have. Uh, yeah, you were pulling something. No, yeah, no. I just confirmed. Uh, Ravens did have the 32nd strength of schedule last year. Um, so obviously they beat up on their lesser opponents and also got blown out by the Browns um, and the Titans in the playoffs when it mattered. So, um, like I said, uh, this is probably my fourth time saying it. Until the Ravens prove to me that they can actually do it, and it's not all Twitter hype and uh, Skip Bayless uh, picking Lamar over everybody else. Uh, I'm not too concerned. I'm going to let Patrick Mahomes cook and let's see what happens. You know, Patrick Mahomes is, has shown us that, you know, he can scramble for 20 yards. He can do everything that he needs to do. And most importantly, we were seeing him throw it away and stop doing the things that he did in 2019 and 2018 of just forcing plays. And we all have, the, we all have those, oh my gosh, how is that not picked moments? He's We're not having those this year. Yeah, he's had a few, he's had a few close picks, but I'm but I'm with you. He's definitely he's as he as he gets further and further into the league, he keeps minimizing his mistakes. And the more Mahomes minimizes those mistakes, the harder and harder it's going to be for you to beat him. For yeah, for you to beat him. So I just you know, it's just the the progress that we see from Mahomes. It's never it's never flashy progress, right? It's minimizing right. turnovers and turnover percentage, especially and he's and he's always been good at it, especially early in the season. So yeah. Uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for Monday night. Obviously, this is one of, of those course. big ones. And again, this feels biased to say almost. Uh, I guess the the the, the Texans Ravens game last year was pretty big on Monday night, and mm-hmm. then, but or that could have even been Sunday night. But the Ravens just dominated, blew them out. Right. And uh, and before that, I think this is uh probably the biggest Monday night game since the the uh, Rams Chiefs games that should have the Rams Chiefs game Chiefs game that should have been in Mexico City. Well, wasn't uh, Chiefs Patriots on Monday night last year? No, Chiefs Patriots. Uh, which Chiefs Patriots? Uh, the first oh, one. No, there's on, there's Patriots sorry, there's, fans there's, cried for like eight only years. one. No, that was that was on Sunday. That oh, was like okay. Sunday late afternoon. They moved into the late afternoon slot, even though they're on the East Coast. But that they couldn't right. get it flexed down to Sunday night. But yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm I'm worried, but you know, I'm never. As cocky as it sounds, and I hate being the cocky Chiefs fan, is anybody really ever that worried when you have Mahomes? You're scared a little bit, but it's, The Chiefs fan in you comes out, and you start worrying because you're like, oh, no, we're the Chiefs. And then you're like, oh, wait, we have Patrick. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, right. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, that's a good that's a good place to leave it Leave it with the Chiefs. Let's. Uh, we'll probably check back in with them and Mahomes and the AFC West just a little bit later. 
let's kind of transition to the rest of the NFL. And I think the biggest question after week one, I mean, we've, I mean, one of the biggest questions from me, and as we've discussed this team previously on the on the podcast in in our in our week one previews, uh, you know, and your your pick looks better and better, and they happen to beat my pick this week. But um, are the Arizona Cardinals actually actually going to be contenders this year? Yes, sir. They are Truman. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, you know, he's thirty year coach, finally figuring it out. Um, he's got the quarterback that he wants. Uh, he's got the def- defensive line that he wants. He's got, believe it or not, the wide receivers that he wants. Even though uh, I can only name two wide receivers on the Cardinals, they're both getting it done clearly. And you know, they've they've got the running backs that they want, and they're cooking, man. Uh, believe it or not, I, I view this win uh, last week over the Washington football team as a very strong win. Um, Washington's got a real nasty, scary defense, and the Cardinals made it look like paper. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you somewhat. They, they're just, they're in such a tough division, man. Seattle looked great on on Sunday night. The Rams impressed again, but uh, the Cardinals are. It's it's an interesting case, you know. They beat the 49ers, but they were down to the 49ers until Kittle got hurt, and then they rallied because the 49ers couldn't do anything on offense. They, you know, they scored once after Kittle was out. And the and the and they let Arizona rally. Um, Washington football team, you know, obviously. Um, the, the thing about it is, I think they're going to be in contention every week. Um, it's going to be. Uh, I mean, they'll they'll be sorry, they'll be in contention for their division this year. They'll be. We'll ask, we'll have to ask this question every week if the, if the Washington football team is actually good or if they just play in the NFC East. The answer is they right. do play in the NFC East. They beat the Washington beat uh, the the Eagles, and the Eagles look really bad. And that made us evaluate them pretty high. And then the Cardinals, again, they're pretty good, 30-15. Not bad, but right. I'm worried that we're still over-evaluating how good they are just based on just semi-overreactions because they've beat teams, but teams that weren't – they just – teams that don't, uh, like, fill, uh, fill, like, that hole for me, fill that void – to fill mm-hmm. that spot of top teams. I, I, so true. I'm with you. I'm excited for the Cardinals, and I want them to be mm-hmm. so good. And I want that would be such a fun team. DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. I want yep. them to be good. I want them to be exciting. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Yeah, well, you know, we're just looking at a reskin of the 2019 Ravens. Uh, the Cardinals are going to uh, shellack everybody that isn't in their division. They're going to sweep the 49ers and the Rams, and they're going to trade games with Seattle probably end up with 12 or 13 wins in my opinion and then they're going to lose their first round of the playoffs. that's what's going to happen to this cardinals team they're good but they don't really have that much depth and they're well coached but do we know if cliff kingsbury can really take it far in the playoffs we haven't seen him make the playoffs we haven't even seen him honestly do well as a head coach in college you know coaching at texas tech i i think he either went even or had a, a losing record um, you know, we've seen him coach these great quarterbacks, but if he can't put it all together, I'm not trusting Cliff just yet. But uh, like you said, I am. This team's really exciting. It's got an exciting quarterback, exciting wide receiver, and believe it or not, exciting running backs. And uh, they're scary. And but uh, I don't know if they can put it all together. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see. I don't. I, I know you said they're going to make the playoffs, but again, it's going to be tough. It, it, we, I, you know. It's going to be hard because the Rams look to be the Rams 
uh, somewhere not maybe not quite the Super Bowl Rams that we saw, but somewhere in between, a lot closer to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl Rams than the Rams that we saw last year. And right, uh, the Seahawks looks good again. Uh, we'll talk about this later, but I think Russ looks a, li- a, lot, a lot like an MVP candidate. He's an MVP yeah. candidate every year, but maybe this actually happens to be Russ's year. They look pretty. Uh, the Seahawks look pretty unstoppable, but they are also playing mediocre teams. Um, the thing about the NFC, the NFC West, they get to play the NFC East and the AFC East, probably two of the weakest divisions in each oh each of their conferences. Yeah, I uh, so that's an insane pull, and it, it might come down to that Seattle got first place last year, so they're going to have to go and play. They're going to have to go and play the Packers, and they're going to have to play. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Saints, but the Saints don't look very good. Man, I Oh yeah, the Saints. I think the NFC I think looking back from our picks last week, we obviously did our whole playoff preview and everything like that. I think I think I've got to change it. I and I do I do think three teams get in from the NFC West. The more and more I mm-hmm. see from the rest of the NFC, it looks like the NFC it does just doesn't look good. It looks like the NFC West. It looks like the NFC what? South of last year where those guys were just cannibalizing them down there. Right. And then the Saints and oh, who was the other team in the South that actually also competed it wasn't it wasn't the buck it wasn't no was it just the saints just the saints didn't got cannibalized by the nfc south just a little bit enough where they didn't get an act they didn't get the the buy and then they had to play uh an actual dangerous wild card team mm-hmm. and they lost so i i don't know i just i don't think the nfc looks as good this year well yeah no the NF- nfc looks trash so truman with with this division you know clearly being the strongest in football we agree is it possible that we could see the first ever four playoff teams from the same division? You, you, is that really? Oh, it is mathematically it, possible. Is it three play? It's three wild cards now, isn't it? Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did expand it to seven. Who's the last team in the NFC West? Who am I forgetting? The 49ers. Uh, oh my God! And they took care of business without Kittle yet last week. Oh my God! Can yeah, we see but, it happen? but we'll talk about we'll talk about the 49ers here in a bit too. Actually, let's 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 uh, let's skip ahead a little bit from what from what I did have on the script. Let's uh, let's talk about those 49ers, huh? Let's do a little. Let's have a let's have a little real talk, huh? This is uh, this is scary. This is bad. This is bad news for the defending NFC champions. Um, obviously, we saw some. I I think the 49ers are in big trouble. I think it's hard to lose. It's hard to lose two playmakers along the defensive line like Nick Bosa and and Solomon Thomas. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Kittle and Garoppolo and D Ford are all hobbled right now. I just and, right. and Tevin Coleman's going to miss a few weeks. So mm-hmm. I I'm very worried about the 49ers. And yeah, it, it wouldn't be a shock to see the first see all four of those teams in there. But the 49ers are going to have a tough road over I don't know anybody right. else in the league outside of the outside of the Packers mm-hmm. or uh, whoever the hell comes out of the NFC East or. Right. Maybe the the Tampa the Tampa Bay uh, the Tom Brady led Tampa Bay. I'm just I don't know, but here's the, but here is the thing for the 49ers is I think we're I think they're right in make or break time right now. They've they've mm-hmm. got if Coleman only misses a few weeks, then we've got to sh- and if Kittle can get healthy and Garoppolo can get healthy healthy, they've got a few kind of like pseudo bye weeks coming up here. I mean not not in the traditional sense, but their next three games are against. Uh, they're at, they're against the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, and and the Miami Dolphins. So there is a big benefit to the NFC West playing the two worst divisions in football. The the, the probably the best division. I'm I'm probably not I'm not afraid to say that they're probably the best division in football. Oh, uh, the AFC oh, North is 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 looking better. 
but I don't mm-hmm. think they're as top to bottom heavy. I, I think, I think the AFC North is very a lot more top heavy than the NFC West is, and right because the NFC West, you know, we're talking about the last place in the right now. Me and you think the last last place in the NFC West are going to be the defending NFC champions, uh, right? So, it, but they've got they've got to get this ship righted. They've got to get if they can find their groove, get the get the new D line members in there, get mm-hmm. get some people signed. But obviously, you lose two two huge guys, and if D Ford can't get healthy, you know, right. as Chiefs fans, we saw we saw what happens with D Ford, and he doesn't play well, and then he does, and he just sits out the whole season, and it's a big will they, won't they? Very, you know, Chiefs had a few defensive players like that back in the day, but I don't, I'm just I'm just, I'm worried for him, mm-hmm. but I they've got time, so I don't. Where are you at? Right. What are you feeling? I, are you scared so, for the 49ers or? I mean, yeah, I am. I, I think that the NFC West, all of those teams are so good that if they all went one and one in the division and they needed to go to weird tiebreakers to decide the, I mean, one and one versus each other, obviously, um, in the division, and they need to go to weird tiebreakers to determine who the champion is, I wouldn't be surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised if Seattle walked away with it. I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona walked away with it. And to be honest, with the way that Jared Goff is playing, I also wouldn't be surprised if the Rams just surprise everybody and go back to the top. So we've got all four of these teams playing at a a very high level, and the Niners are going to get Debo Samuel back at some point in the season. We don't know exactly when. It's looking like around week nine, week 10 return for Debo, but that's a big playmaker. And then when you look at the Niners' offense – Nick Mullins can run that. If Garoppolo's hurt, Nick Mullins can run that. He did throw a pick against I, the Jets. I could run that. Yeah, I could run that off. But, yeah, but, I mean, when you're looking at Garoppolo's stats, 14 of 16 for 131 and two touchdowns, you're right. I can throw a screen pass to Raheem Mostert. I can throw a ball to the flat. Well, Skylar Thompson probably, can. I mean, we but probably, I can we do that. couldn't. I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Let's, you yeah, know, no, let's, uh, let's still – let's not be the dumb sports fans. <laughs> let's still have a little bit of, hu- of, of hubris and – and be able to accept that maybe me and you aren't are strapping up those pads, and even if maybe oh. we could throw the ball and make those throws, no, believe um, maybe me. we we'd be too busy probably just shitting down our leg. <laughs> so. Oh, believe me, I'm 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 being hyperbolic. Right, uh, of course. The, the one year I played football, uh, I uh, I tried out a quarterback and hit some kid in the knees, and that was the end of my quarterback tryout. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I played quarterback for years, and and I and, and now my shoulder pops out of place anytime anytime I try to throw it over thirty <laughs> yards. So, yeah, of course we just I just want to clarify that we're not those guys. We're not the, we're not the true. Well, back in back in my day, you know, I used to slang <laughs> I slang that thing. You know, it it doesn't matter. It's still the NFL. But yes, there is a there is a certain amount of any a lot of players. Uh, uh like a perfect example of the guy a guy in my head right now, Chase Daniel. I think Chase Daniel right. could run that offense, a career backup, right. a very solid backup. But if you go and if 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 the, if the 49ers would have made the signing on Jameis Winston, I think that'd be that would have been very interesting. And now that would have been spicy, right? And of course, but you know that was never rumored; it was never needed. There was a lot of play, you know, it was a lot of question about where Jameis Winston was going to go. But I think Jameis Winston yeah. could run this offense. Sorry, Truman. I know, I know, I'm I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit here. But speaking of quarterback signings, how the hell? Did everyone let Cam sign in New England for $1 million? Truman, you know who else is making near a million dollars this year? Byron Pringle is making six hundred dollars this year. Anybody that is, is a comparable... Who? That, that would be 
the fifth wide receiver for the Chiefs is making similar money to Cameron Newton. That's ridiculous. I don't know how the league allowed that to happen. I, I, everybody was scared. Everybody was scared that he's uh, not a not a team player and that he was hurt. He had the feet hurt, uh, foot hurt, or whatever was going. He had the shoulder problems. He's taken a lot of damage because the refs. He has the LeBron problem, where he's such a he's such a generational talent and so huge and big that the refs don't call penalties when he gets hit because mm-hmm. it feels like he should be able to take those. And you know, so we have those issues that we ran into. But right. I just, I, yeah, I, I don't know how we let Cam. I don't know how we let Cam go to New England. It's insane, and it's. Not not great news for the rest of the league. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I think it's they're not. Gonna, they look good. They're going to contend again. But yeah, again, like we were saying, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. There is uh, at least one more game I want to talk about in the <laughs> in the NFC this weekend. Oh man, just insane! And you'll hear and you'll hear about it all over the national media because it involved America's team. But uh, you know, the Atlanta Falcons did it again, huh? They did it again. Oh my gosh, those <laughs> poor guys. They went up 20 to 0. I mean, it was before they didn't get to halftime 20 to 0 to be fair that day, uh but the, you know, they went up 20 to 0 and they ended up losing 40 to 39 in regulation this time. On uh after they blew an onside kick. Uh oh, and I've got to ask you this. Is this a, is this should the storyline be more about Atlanta choking, or should we take it as a sign to believe in Dallas and their resilience? Should is Dallas going to actually be? I know I've kind of cast off Dallas as a contender in the NFC, NFC East because I love the Washington Football Team, but should we be <laughs> thinking more about the Dallas Cowboys, or is it just Atlanta choking again? I mean, I mean, I'm not. Don't call me a Dak stand, but Dak has been underappreciated in the media. Everyone's. See exactly that that reaction exactly what I'm talking about. Dak has been good, underappreciated in the media. Are you are you kidding? Yeah, he's been he's been good. His team's been bad, but Dak's been playing good. And credit to Dak for pulling this one out. Uh, I mean, the Falcons did. This isn't surprising. I mean, this is kind of like the Chargers losing, in my opinion. Obviously, to a less scale, but I, I just think this is a better team ends up winning situation. Uh, it's yes, it's high scoring, but the Falcons' defense is bad man they're bad and our, we're asking matt we're saying that matt ryan should have carried him that win like almost 40 year old matt ryan should have should have clutched that one nah I, credit to the cowboys obviously the falcons fans should be upset and if you're a falcon you should be pissed that you lost that but i mean credit to Dak for this win i mean man, there's nothing to, there's nothing to clutch and you know atlanta tried not to try not to choke it away atlanta scored 10 in the fourth quarter it was right. you know it was 29 10 at halftime and and Dallas scored thirty in the second half, fourteen in the third quarter, sixteen in the sixteen in the fourth quarter with the game winning kick at the end. But uh, Atlanta scored ten in the fourth quarter. It wasn't like insane, but I mean, I just I I I think the Cowboys are still the Cowboys. I think I think Atlanta hung hung there a little bit with Seattle, and then it, and then it fell apart. And I and I think Atlanta looks to be about just as good as the Cowboys. And the Cowboys had a little bit of home field advantage. I assume Texas is dumb enough to let fans in their stadium, just on assumption. I didn't I didn't check, but I assume that's what's going on there in Dallas. Yeah, they're doing an all-or-nothing approach, Jerry Jones said. He's, he said uh, similar to what uh, the, Ra- the Raiders are doing with their all-or-nothing fans. Uh, that's that's what I heard the Cowboys. So, so, well. so there's no fans in, in Dallas for now. But. And then, but when they let in fans, it's going to be 80,000. Jeez. Well, 100,000 with their stadium. Yeah, so uh, 
it's so yeah I don't I mean I just think I think I think Dallas is just a another 500 football team and you know oh no yeah and we might don't be think a, the wrong way. I was the I was Dallas, giving but. I was giving Dak credit but by no means do I think the Cowboys are anything more than an eight and eight football team I mean so don't get it twisted I I mean it just it feels like a, it feels like an all time choke from Atlanta right. Oh, and here's a stat I want to, I, and I, I assume you saw this. It was kind of all over everywhere. Uh, can you guess the record of teams? And you might, you might be able to guess this because you might have seen oh. it. Can you guess the record of the team to, of, of the teams that are able to score 39 and have zero turnovers? Is it? Atlanta uh, had zero turnovers. D- Dallas, sorry, for the record, Dallas had three turnovers and a turnover on downs, and that was on four straight back-to-back drives, which made Atlanta go up 20-0. to zero. So, Truman, I'm assuming it's something like 528 and one or you're something kind like that. Of, you're kind of close. Previous, before this game, teams that were able to score 39 and had zero turnovers were 440 and oh. <laughs> 440 teams have gone up 39 and had zero oh. turnovers. First time for everything, I guess. And they never lost. Var ball never lost, and here we are. Ugh. Atlanta Falcons, they're the meme that keeps on memeing. And this I'm is what so, happens when you steal Dontari Poe from the Chiefs. This is what happens. Your franchise get cursed. Oh, Don't steal our defensive the, line. The Chiefs let Dontari Poe get go away. I mean, nope, it's no, just... no, no. Stop talking. Go to jail. When you take Dontari Poe from the Chiefs, your franchise get cursed. I don't make the rule. I guess, and oh, and something we also glossed over, glossed over on the 49ers. Sorry, I, I caught this as I was, I was getting ready. We were kind of wrapped up our Atlanta-Dallas talk here. But uh, something else about that 49ers game. With the, you know, it was played in the new Meadowlands uh, right. stadium there in New Jersey that the Jets and the Giants share. Yeah, of um, The Giants played their week one against Pittsburgh. The Jets played their week two against the 49ers. The 49ers, fun fact, have to go back next weekend to that field. And here's the thing about the new Meadowlands field. Is it? Is there a problem? Do we need to talk about uh, this? No, I don't think we need to talk about this. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's this is what happens when you, brand new stuff, brand literally brand new turf, never been used. Fun fact: uh, NFL turfs are actually uh, semi reused, um, especially for ones that are uh, conversion stadiums like uh, Meadowlands is. Yeah. So they're, they're semi-conserved. So if this being literally brand new, it's just like wearing a brand new pair of sneakers. You get uh, you get a big old blisters on your feet the first time you play. Uh, I'm expecting that people may have been fired um, for the care of the field if it's gonna be if it's gonna be like that. I, so it could just be. It I could, just don't. It could just be one of those things. You know, again, we haven't practiced as much, and we didn't have right. a preseason for everybody to their ACLs then. So, I mean, it could just be what we're seeing. But, you know, Nick Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas tore, tore their ACLs. Uh, Raheem Mostert sprains his MCL. Uh, was Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt, but that was a little yeah. bit on. That was on more of a roll-up than anything else. Uh, yeah, because he, Conner- he rented the game, correct? What? Yeah. J- yeah, he fit. Yeah. Well, he he returned, and then they were up so much at halftime, I think they just pulled him and put Nick Mullins in. We'll see if he plays yeah. this week. Um the, the in week one Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh starting tackle tore his ACL, right. And James Conner, Conner had his ankle injury. I'm oh, just, don't forget that uh, Antonio Hamilton also pulled up lane. Yeah. Oh uh, well, that was. Well, I was at the Meadowlands, but just you know, just to add to the list of uh, 
a whole bunch Chief, of is that a Chiefs player? Yeah, that was the Chiefs. Oh, I think there's much more important injuries happening in the NFL other than a ch- a, the Chiefs fourth fourth string cornerback <laughs> pulling up. There's there's a few other ones if you're like, oh, we need to add these on. We should we'll we'll talk about and we'll and uh, some more to talk about again later. All right, keep on <laughs> keep on teasing it. Make people make people stay in here and listen. And I'm not even trying to tease. This is just this is just good marketing at this point. This is a workshop on how to market and keep. Okay, okay, moving but, on. <laughs> Uh, uh, so moving on from one division where we are maybe uh, overreacting with the NFC West or don't know what's going on with the NFC East, how about another division where we don't know what's going on? Owen, can you tell me what the hell is going on in the AFC South? I told can, you. Can dude. you tell me Phillip if any Rivers of them are going actually, top of the league? Are any of them Phillip's actually going good? top of the league? Top of the league? Not top. Of no, the not league. top of the league. No, he's gonna go top of the division. Don't you? Uh, Phillip's gonna do what Phillip does and. Uh, either make his team win or make his team lose so but with the colts good defense that's going to put him at a nice pretty nine and seven with a victory in the afc south because the rest of them are bad um titans look bad uh do the titans look good the titans are two and oh are are they bad are you sure are you sure the titans are are bad are you sure they're not are you sure Uh, are we sure uh, for a second i was forgetting that the titans are there we thought the jazz are going to be awful what are they doing they almost they almost beat the Titans. They beat the Colts in Week One. The Colts handled the Vikings, but they lost to the Jaguars in Week One, and we figured that meant the Colts were done. And Phil, but Philip Rivers did Philip Rivers. Oh, and I'm going insane. I don't know what's going on with the AFC <laughs> South. I'm I'm very worried about this. I'm very concerned. That is is Minshew just gonna keep Minshew magicking? Is he just gonna? Is he that? You know, my my dad tells me I'm the, I'm the luckiest man in the world. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just I'm, I'm like that guy that's walking up. During a, on a construction site, walking on a, on high rises, walking on a steel beam, looking down at his phone. I step off. Another steel beam just swings in there. Is this what yep. we're seeing with Minshew right now? Is because Minshew just he doesn't seem to have a care in the world. But he's right. But it, 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 yeah, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I well, don't know how to feel about the AFC South. <laughs> is it is it time to put some respect on Gardner Minshew's name? No, no it's been, not. Been, it's never. No, but it's not. Truman. I refuse. Truman, we've no. been we've been memeing him, and he hasn't been throwing even incompletions in his last couple of games. Yeah, well, you know, he's thrown some. Gardner Minshew, thirty for forty-five, three thirty-nine, and That's three a sixty-seven percent completion percentage. What are we doing here? What are we talking about? Right, but he has to throw to people. Truman, tell me if you've heard of this player, Keelan Cole, my favorite player, James. From- James O'Shaughnessy. Oh, I've heard of James O'Shaughnessy. You remember Shaughnessy? LaVisca Chenault Jr. Can you say that name again? LaVisca Chenault Jr. Well, goddamn, that's what I was going to name my kid. That's a Chris Thompson. James Chris Robinson. Thompson. Who's James Robinson? No, you have it. Chris Thompson, Chris Thompson is not is not the Chiefs old backup. No, no, no. It's a that's a that's an old that's another running back. That's somebody else. That's a Chris Thompson's been around. Whatever. LaVisca Chenault Jr. That's enough for me. He's throwing to no names, and he's almost beating teams that we think are going to make the playoff. It might be time to put some respect. He did throw two picks. Still a young quarterback. You know, trying to win it for his team. I don't think that uh, Jags have a very good coach, but it might be fun to watch the AFC South this year. It uh, might it's going to be real fun because because it's going to be insane because you don't know what's going to happen. Because obviously the team that everybody thought was going to be the best team in football, or the best, sorry, the best, not the best team in football, but the best NFL team in the AFC South, here with you, Dan was, uh, and was the uh, was the Tennessee 
um, it was the Houston Texans, and now we're and now we're here. Now we're with whatever's going on here. So yeah, I just I'm not I, I'm not I'm just not quite sure. I I'm looking at his game log right now, and I, I pulled it up, and somebody you might have heard a little bit of the video from it. Uh, not you, but the, the people listening. But uh, I mean, you know, he did only have one incompletion week one. I I guess I forgot about that, but he only threw for 173 <laughs> yards. I'm going. I, I, what are we doing? What are we talking about? I I. I, I want to talk about the Colts' defense a little later on. I, I think the Colts' defense is actually pretty good. So I'm very mm-hmm. – I think they just got um, – um, I, I think they got really lucky in week one, and I think they hung with the Titans, but I don't think the Titans are very good. I don't think anybody in this division is very good, but you can't convince me that any of them are bad either. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I, I well, don't, I you don't know, know, looking at your spreadsheet favorite uh, Indianapolis Colts here uh, – once again, Philip Rivers doing things he can, uh, winning the game for his team when he can win it, and uh, losing it before we can lose it. But as I say that, uh, just Vikings kidding. So Jonathan bad. Taylor, twenty six yard, twenty six carries, hundred and one yards, and a tutter for the Colts. Are we seeing an emergence? No, it's, but it's, it's an average of four yards. That's not. That's not. That's not like a hundred yard game. Is still, still good. Still good. Play. That's fine. But. But anyway, uh, Philip Rivers, 19 to 25, 214, a tutter and a pick. It, if he can do that, the Colts are going to contend for that division. I just, if he I can stick to w- one interception a game, one or two touchdowns a game like he's been doing for the last three years, the Colts are actually going to contend. This division is going to give me headaches, and I, I th- I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm convinced we're going to talk about them every week just because. Just because ah, it sounds fun to me. I'm down. It's, so, it. it's going to be so fun to talk about. They're going to be the I most fun. It's, that's going to be the most fun and frustrating division in football. Oh, oh, it's gonna. Oh, oh. All right, I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's let's move on. Let's. I, I can't. I can't talk about the AFC AFC South longer than <laughs> longer than t- five to ten minutes. I just. I can't. I'll, I'll explode. <laughs> I, I. There's so much uncertainty. I. You know me. I just. I'll, I'll get. I, I get anxious when I don't know what's going on, and I don't know what's going on in that division. I really don't. I really. It's really. You and me both. Truman. I need somebody to explain it to me who's smarter than me, and I don't know if even. I think the smarter you get, the less you can. The less you can describe what's going on in the AFC South. So I just. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but moving on, I did talk about how I want to talk about the uh, talk about the Colts defense, and this might not be an obvious transition into it. But I do want to talk about a big kind of a question that we've noticed a lot over the NFL. But Owen, is there is there an elite defense in the NFL this year? Hmm. So my gut says yes, and you still have to pick the Niners. I think that the Niners defense is still elite. Still got all their pieces. Uh. The Colts' defense does look really good. But other than those two, maybe, I don't know, uh, if the Washington football team can play well. But, you know, they've only they only beat a good team and kind of got smacked by – I mean, they beat a bad team and got kind of smacked by a good team. I don't, I don't really know. I think we're seeing a – there's been several – you know, most of the games this year have gone where one team has gotten 30 points. So I, I can't – I don't know if I have an answer to that. I, I'm I'm leaning no, but I'm feeling like I'm forgetting about somebody locked down. You're, you're forgetting you, – you, you missed a few that I'll mention here. But, yeah, I guess the San Francisco 49ers pick did surprise me coming from you. But looking into it, I guess, you know, they're top, they're top 10 in points allowed and top 10 in yards allowed. I would, you know, about 7th uh, in points allowed – 
six in yards allowed. I, I That's higher than I thought they were. But again, the Niners did just lose Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa. So I'm I'm right. out on them until we see how that goes on. Um, there's, there's really three that jumped off the page for me. And I don't, you know, and again, teams that also played bad teams. So I, I don't know. Uh, the first one is the Baltimore Ravens. It's, which is scary. Again, we talked about. I'm, I'm scared mm-hmm. for the Chiefs next week or this upcoming Monday. But this is a huge game, and big time right. players got to step up. Uh, the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are also uh, like bottom five in the in the league for most yards allowed. Actually, do you know which defense is worse than the league for most yards allowed? Because I found this surprising. I just saw it. Uh, for yards allowed. Yeah. Is it? Can't be the Texans, can it? No, it is actually the Seattle Seahawks. We're looking for the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> the two and O team. You know? So yeah, but they've played some really good teams. Right. Right. And, I mean, well, I mean, and we're asking about we're asking about the elite elite defenses. I mean, Seattle played uh, Atlanta and New England, so let's not let's not. Right. Go I, I, I mean, good offenses. Good. Excuse me. Good offenses. Okay. Sure. Um. But. <laughs> But again, we talked about is there an elite defense, and the the, the bigger question uh, that we'll probably address later in the season is does it matter? But uh, the Ravens are averaging 11 points allowed per game, 305 yards allowed per game, and they lead the league in turnovers. Like we talked about earlier, they had five turnovers. But they played a, a Houston team that didn't look good against in either of their first two matchups. They looked trash pretty, team. Pr- trash team going to lose their division. Pretty ineffective. And, uh, you know, and – the the Browns also are looked, you know, they didn't they they looked better against the Bengals, but the Bengals made the Chargers look good. And the Chargers uh, looked better against the Chiefs than they did against the Bengals. Uh, weirdly enough, but it's just it, there's I, I don't know, you know. And again, it's too easy, it's too early to it's one of those things where it's too early. No team really sticks out, and that's the point of it. It's like right. so Pittsburgh allows 19 points per game and 305 yards per game. And there's only one turnover behind Baltimore for tops in the league. But, you know, they played the Giants in a Denver team, and they knocked out Drew Locke in the middle of it and still gave up 21 to, the, to Denver. So, I don't know. Jeff Driscoll, by the way. But the team that I think is sneaky good is, I think it's I think it's the Colts. The Colts' defense has only allowed has only allowed 416 yards total Ooh. this whole season. They're averaging Ooh. 208. Right, we talked about we talked about that Minshew game. Minshew did go nineteen for twenty, but he but he only had one hundred and seventy eight yards. And uh, the thing about that is, you know, they lost was twenty seven twenty, I believe I saw. And yeah. the thing about that was that the Jags uh, scored uh, thirty against Tennessee this week, so they're not a bad offense. And the Jags also uh, had a pick six that game, and had another interception where they only had to go twenty seven yards to score. So. Right. I, uh, you know, I think the Colts are one of those sneaky teams. I don't know if I don't know if there's an elite defense, but obviously it feels like that Pittsburgh team and the the Pittsburgh and the Ravens are probably on that top rung. But you yeah. know, again, don't sleep on the San Francisco 49ers. Don't sleep on the Washington football team in that D line, and don't sleep on the Colts. Yeah, and I just I, I feel like we're always just gonna pretend that the Rams don't exist because they got a down year. But I still got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, uh, arguably the the best at their position. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Jalen Ramsey still has that claim, but Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald will have that claim until the. Until He's a monster. Players. Aaron Donald is an absolute, just abomination out there. I don't know how he exists as a person. He's just a ridiculous football player. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we're gonna see an elite defense this year. Uh, I think you know, especially with the Colts stats, it might be a little bit misleading. Uh, when your quarterback gives up uh 
interception and then the other team only has to go like 17 yards to score you know that might be an inflated stat you know would they have gone on a you know 70 yard drive had it just been a, a punt maybe i we'll just have to wait and see these are i think this elite defense is a question for week six right yeah it's yeah it's a question for later in the season but i just thought we should tackle it uh again i always ask always always go i try to be i try to be active on my social medias twitter twitter.com slash steam machine s-t-e-h-n machine uh same same as the twitch and obviously you're down on twitch.tv slash domination seven oh and dom uh but i always try to be a little active whether it's on facebook or twitter and kind of ask people what questions they have i like to call it a stealing mm-hmm. content i go I go online i post my there social medias i steal concert I, I steal content i post it i post it in our discord uh that we run for the dom that's true podcast we have our discord as well i also post that question in that discord and steal the content there i steal the content all over man but it's so just, a, just a menace Right, so the, the league defenses was one of those, and and not that uh, I've got kind of another question that kind of comes from uh, similar breeds. It wasn't necessarily a question that uh, anybody close to us wanted to ask, but it's a question that I want to ask for someone close to us, Owen. And uh, that question is: Are the are the Minnesota Vikings going to be bottom feeders this year? Sorry, Cole. Yes, they're terrible. Kirk Cousins is doing the thing that he does when he's on a bad team and makes his team worse somehow. Truman, I don't know if you caught the stat line from the game but that our poor friend cole i think actually watched all the way through oh he's a uh, true fan kirk, kirk cousins was terrible 11 of 26 with three picks for 113 yards he had you know a zero what? passer you know rating for a long time i think he ended up getting it i think he ended up getting his passer rating up to like 15 or 16 and his qbr was a 9.4 so i'll i'll give him some credit that safety was was horseshit. That was terrible. An awful call. Just a truly terrible call. Kind of de- deflates your team there. You go and punt to a Colts team, which scores. That's that hurts. But it doesn't excuse three picks. Uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins is doing what he does on bad teams. You know, he's consistently proved that when he's on a good team, he can elevate his teammates. But man, when he's on a bad team, it looks like he just drags him down with him. Yeah, I mean, he put up, he put up those stats. He puts he puts up some stats and he'll always be a solid fantasy option because of garbage time Kirk, but he really wasn't even garbage time Kirk this week. I mean, uh, he was just garbage time garbage. Right. And the Colts offense wasn't great either. I mean, they, they scored 18, but you know, it was, as they scored one touchdown, a safety and three field goals. That was, it was reachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was worried. I think I had the Colts. I had the Colts minus three. I told everybody about Colts minus three all week. Everybody told me it's I was true. a dummy because day. of how good, because the Vikings did hang with green Bay. And I literally told, Everybody laughed in my face every time I told them uh, Vikings. They called me a madman, Owen, and here we are. They, I, and it's true. I, my we spreadsheet did. had the Vikings as the power as as the bottom as a bottom three team in the league, off of power off my power rankings. Everyone's like, "That's insane." They they played fine, and here we are, and they looked bad. They looked not good. Mm-hmm. And but again, maybe every week's not going to be bad this week. As as this is this is probably as low as it's going to get for Vikings fans right now. But I'm not sure it's going to get much higher. I think that we know of, Truman. There's always tomorrow. Oh, they still, you should they not still, say things they like still that. They still get to go play the. They still get to play the Lions twice this year. I think they'll they'll give Trubisky and the and the Bears the two and O Trubisky and the Bears a run for their money. But Truman. I I don't I I think the Vikings have plenty of time to write the ship to not be a bottom feeder, but they're not going to challenge for a playoff spot like we were kind of. All all Matthew Stafford has is stats oh, and i think he might have a chance stats. to put up some big ones on this vikings team 
Uh, man. I, I don't know. I, I, Another I exciting hope... division to watch, to be honest. No. Oh, God, no. That is that is boring, slow, bad football. You can, I'm not going to – I think it will be super fun to watch the Jags play the Texans or the Jags – or the Jags play the Colts again, or the Jags play the Titans, or the Jags in general. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch this year. You cannot <laughs> tie me down and make me watch a Vikings versus De- versus Detroit team. <laughs> uh, hey, you're not going to make just, me watch Vikings versus Lions. You can't. Just live for I don't, care if, it's, I don't care if it's the Thanksgiving game. I'll fucking eat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Excuse my language. Sorry. That's how that's how excited I am about this. That's how I not that we not that we shy away from cuss words. I just don't want to just turn into just a pirate talk. This podcast is falling apart. It's week three. Yeah, thanks a lot, Vikings. The thanks Vikings have broken me. I thought the AFC South, the AFC South, and the Vikings. I just I I don't know, man. I just Truman stands the AFC South for the content. Yeah, but just, they've got a lot of content from the AFC South. Oh yeah, we're gonna be talking about we're a gonna, lot. We're gonna be farming AFC con- AFC South content for all season. Uh, but let's 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 get it moving. Uh, uh, we're we're kind of done with our team section. Let's move into our individual sections. And when we talk individuals, uh, a lot of this is honestly going to be MVP talk. But uh, sure. let's start off with that Sunday night football matchup. Um, you know, we uh, the big storyline, and like you talked about it earlier, Cam looked really good. But mm-hmm. here's the thing for me: are are we did did we stare too close at Cam and watch Cam? Cam was close, and oh my gosh, I we have we do the Steam I do Steam versus Machine, uh, the betting show where I use my betting spreadsheet, the Machine versus my uh, lead handy, the my my dad Scott Steen, who's a lead handicapper over at Winter Winners. We do our betting show every week, and uh, I pick I had the New England money line, and are you kidding me? They they lined they had the, from the one yard line, one play to go. Cam's been passing all great. He's been a dangerous threat. And you move everybody out of the backfield onto the line and you run a very obvious QB power and not a single person wins a block and they upend him at the three-yard line to lose on a ticket that would have cashed at like plus 190. Are you kidding me? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I, again, I'm fine. That's what I get for not taking the not taking the points or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but... But again, Cam, Camden looks solid, and that and that is the big story coming out of that. But did we miss the beginning of uh, what could finally be an MVP season from Russell Wilson? Oh uh, well, I mean, uh, he looks really good, and as my grandma said last night, uh, the Seahawks let Russell cook, and they won. That's a real quote, by the way. So she true. really did say it. Just let Russell, just let Russell. Cook. It was really cute. It was great. I, I love it. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma's from Seattle, okay. so. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's, it's uh, clears up a few of them. Sure. Okay. Yeah. She, she just let Russell cook. All right. But uh, so yeah, Russell looked really, really good. Uh, he's got a good wide receiving core. His offensive line looks slightly better. He's still kind of running around for his life, but you know, he's dropping dimes all over there. Four plus touchdowns in two straight weeks. That's pretty insane. Well, Russell's uh, always kind of going to be running around. He's got a little bit of Kyler Murray disease of being under six foot. But right. you know, I'm sure they're both listed listed six one or whatever. But me, I mean, but me, obviously, Wilson, if he, and Kyler Murray are all the same height, so right. And, but obviously, if he keeps this up, you know, it's going to be an MVP season for us, for sure. Yeah, but he has to keep it up. Yeah, I mean, you start off. I mean, he's he's at nine 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 touchdowns, one interception, and he only has eleven incompletions. Nine touchdowns, that's eleven ridiculous. incompletions through two weeks. I mean, that's that's an insane start to the season. But and, and again, like we were talking about, they get to play the NFC East and they get to play the AFC East this year. 
that is good. Oh, that is God, good. Dude. That is a good oh. recipe. Again, like like when Mahomes when Mahomes was taking over, I think he just had a good recipe for the for that MVP season where they had no help from running and they were down because of all the time because of their defense. Like we talked about, the Seattle defense is worse than the league for giving up yards, and I think they're going to continue to give up points as well. And I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Russ. That's going to and the, the the key is he's going to have to win those NFC West games. And then he's going to have to pad mm-hmm. the stats against the AFC East and the NFC East. But I think I think we're in for a big season from Russell Wilson. And it's been tough just every be year. Great. He's, he's always right around it every year. But I do think I'm, I'm going to call. I'm going to call right now. Nope, I'm not. I re- actually, never mind. Sorry, I refuse. I I've, I just remember that Patrick Mahomes is still in the league along with and uh, Lamar Jackson also starting slow. I've overreacted. I'll, I'll stop. I'll, I'll stop being. I'll stop being a shock jock here. I'll, I'll step back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers also still takes. exists. I'd like to point that out. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, let's. I mean, let's talk about. It. Let's talk about just uh, MVP, MVP candidates this year. Um, you know, I just talked about having how Mahomes is still in the league every year. Um, is you know, so who are your MVP candidates? And uh, a question for a lot of us Chiefs fans is: Is Mahomes still a candidate for MVP? What do you What do you think? I mean, you can't count him out. I mean, he's running for like 50 yards a game, I think, right now. Uh, I think he had like three rushes for the 48 yards uh, against the Chargers, which is just heinous for somebody who people view as an immobile quarterback. No, uh, I mean, nobody views him as immobile. It's just not what you think of. It's not It's not the well, same. It's not he, associated as it is with Kyler or Lamar. Oh, right. Or even Russell. But, and then, but then Mahomes is still really putting up yards in a game that we thought Mahomes played bad. Yeah. People would say Mahomes did not play well. 303, two touchdowns for like 350 total yards. Yeah, you review it and you go, well, mm, okay, I guess that's fine. In a game where he was running for his life, people say he played bad. Yeah. What does that mean when we face the Raiders? Right. He had, or he, he had when we QBR, face some of these other bottom feeder teams? He had a QBR of almost 85. I, I don't right. Know. In that fourth quarter where he, where he did all his work, a QBR of 132. Yeah, in a, in a day where we felt like Mahomes was running for his life the entire time. Uh, no interceptions and took one sack for 13 yards. One. Yes, and then also, uh, you know, speaking of other quarterbacks that looked really good, Rodgers has been looking good. Kind of had an off day against the Lions, 18 to 30, 242 touchdowns. I mean, that's fine, but that doesn't keep you up with the conversation. But uh, do we have a? I have a. I have a kind of a, a dark horse candidate for you, Trendy. A real dark horse. Oh, I I know where you're. I know what you're about to say. Oh God, you're not gonna say it, are you? You're not gonna say who I think you're gonna say, are you? No, um, I, I really hope not. Oh, I really hope no. there's not. Oh no! All right, say the name. Tell me what you're gonna say. Aaron Jones. Oh, okay. That isn't what I thought you were gonna say. See, I, I thought I thought it wouldn't be, but you no. Know, Aaron Jones has been on a tear. So last week, 18 carries, 168 yards, and two touchdowns against the. It's, you know, and that's not necessarily an elite defense, but that I mean that is a that is a good I would say good defense. Just, and then against the against the Vikings, my man put up 16 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. That's already three touchdowns and over 200 yards in two games. If if that's sustainable for Aaron Jones, we could see a dark horse. I just is I, I it's hard for me to pick any position player to be an actual candidate for MVP from what we saw from Christian McCaffrey last year and Michael Thomas, and neither of them got any votes. I just, well, I don't think that's a fair comparison. You have to give it to Lamar there. You, I think you have to give it to Lamar. Last year. 
I think but anything else would have been ridiculous. And, but th- we're going to say the same thing about either, you know, Ru- I, th- I think there's four legitimate candidates, right? Right now, I believe there's four legitimate candidates. And uh, there's really three big ones. Got? And we're going to have these three big ones for a while, and especially two of them. But your three that okay. you're going to talk about every year, and you're always going to see the predictions going to be, are going to be Mahomes, Lamar, and Russell. That's three, so that, your three that are always going to be number one, three. Uh, and the fourth this year is, is Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And so uh, it's going to be tough for Aaron Jones. But speaking of Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers, I do want to talk about uh, – we've already kind of covered if Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate. And we did already move on, move on from our team section. But, uh, like, are the Packers the best team in the NFC? Are they are they are they contenders? Are they gonna? They've played bad no. teams, they, right? They, we've talked about you know again more a team that I want to see more from. With they played the Lions and they played the Vikings mm-hmm. again. You couldn't force me to watch the Lions, Lions and Vikings <laughs> play each other, and because they're so bad. So right. So uh, best team in the NFC? No playoff team. One hundred percent. I'd put money on the Packers to make the best right now. Easily best team in um, the NFC North. The, it's not the NFC North isn't awful. It but is. it also isn't good. It, they got it's real top heavy. They're like they're like the inverse of the AFC South, where I think I think there's wait, one. So wait, I, NFC NFC North is sorry, Packers. no, no, sorry of the of the, of the of the NFC of the AFC South. I think the NFC North, which is the Packers, Bears, Lions, Vikings, is the inverse. Oh gosh, of, it's Lions. Lions is the fourth team. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm, oh, I think no. there, I think it's the reverse. Where I think there's one team that's what? maybe good. And I believe the three other teams are absolute trash. Uh, well, I mean, not trash. I think the Bears are going to be f- fine. The Bears could be a sneaky playoff one, like like how the Bills kind of snuck in and the Titans kind of snuck in last year, where neither mm-hmm. of them felt elite all season, but they just kind of win against really bad teams. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how the NFC North and the NFC South match up. I, I'm interested to see that because I, I don't, I'm not impressed by either of those divisions. In the where the top, where even the top teams still look vulnerable, you know the fact that right. they gave up that that Packers team gave up forty or thirty four to that Vikings team, you know I, I don't right I don't know how much you can trust either of those. So it's I don't I don't know the NFC North's gonna be very interesting, but the Packers are I think are near locks to win it this time. Yeah, interesting but not exciting division. Right, and kind of moving on to our injuries. And speaking of locks. <laughs> Oh, you no. like that? You like that little yeah, tra- wow. you like Come that little on, transition, man. man. I'm telling you, that's... man. I'm killing it today. I, that's just where that's where I'm on. I'm in a weird mood uh, for this podcast. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, but uh, is losing Drew Locke going to be uh, the end to there being actual challengers in the in the AFC West? I mean, and that so... and that also cur- curtails to I to truth be told, I try to write this script mostly on Monday night, and I I did write the whole Drew Locke question before the Raiders. Did the curb stomping to the Saints, on which was very mm-hmm. interesting, to open up Allegiant right. Stadium there in Las Vegas? But uh, does Drew Lock? But does Drew Lock not being there in Denver is that end any challenge in the AFC West for the Chiefs? Yeah, so that puts the Broncos at the bottom of the division. Believe it or not, uh, I don't think they have got a shot after that. Um, I yeah, I'm not pegging. Uh, Mister checked out of Florida, go play at La Tech, Jeff Driscoll to. To carry, well, they you saw the big you saw the big free agent news today, didn't you? They signed. Oh, that's right. They signed the boat. <laughs> the boat. Blake Bortles, the Bortles of all time. Blake Bortles faxes. Uh, that, that, that's good news for the NFL. That means Bortles faxes probably coming back. 
uh, to Twitter. You know, one of the greatest Twitter presences of all time. Unfortunately, inactive since about 2015. Hopefully, we get the boat back. But anyway, it still doesn't matter. Um, Blake Bortles isn't going to change what that team is. Uh, I think Drew Locke was the identity for that team. And I, you know, Cortland Sun. Cortland, yeah, um, Cortland Sun's done for the year as well. Yeah, so um, I think we've got an emerging Raiders and emerging uh, uh, Chargers teams. But I think I, I saw a comparison on Twitter. Um, the Raiders and the Chargers both look like the Alex Smith led Chiefs. They're going to be good. But there's gonna they're gonna hit that ceiling with their quarterback that they're not gonna be able to hit. Right. They're, yeah. They're, I. I. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. They do look like the Alex Smith led Chiefs, except Alex Smith led Chiefs didn't have to play in division with the Tom Brady led Patriots at the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> That's true. And, and that feels crazy to say. And of course we're homers. And of course we believe that the Chiefs are gonna be the next dynasty. And the Ravens also look very good. But you know. Again, I Alex Smith wouldn't have won any division if Tom Brady and the Patriots were there, and I think mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are basically the equivalent to what those right. Tom Brady Patriots were to Alex Smith's Chiefs, and I think mm-hmm. I think that's perfect. I think that's a great way to sum sum that up. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's really what I think about the AFC West. So yeah, so that maybe there was never any real challenger, but. I don't know. But I do Chargers, think the Raiders. The Raiders did look really good. Yeah, they but the, really good. I think the Saints look really bad. I'm just. I don't know, man. Drew uh, Drew Brees might have finally hit that wall. And dude, he looked. Drew looked bad. He looked noodle arm ducking. Dude, his throw velocity was like zero. You know who's that's sitting, what it looked like to me. You know who's sitting back there waiting to get division, waiting to get the revenge on the division. No, dude. Is this the Jameis Winston story? He's gonna eat a W with the division rivals. I, I hope you know. I hope they bench. I hope. Oh, I, I hope we that. see. I I hope we see Jameis Winston versus the Bucks. Oh, I, I mean, hope that would be beautiful. Well, just, that would be beautiful. Would, yeah, again, I would I would watch the Jameis. I would watch the Jameis led Saints every, especially Michael Thomas. Oh yeah, I'd watch it. I'd watch that team every week, just like I'll watch the AFC South every. The week. five thousand yard Jameis Winston, by the way. Yeah, five thousand thirty touchdowns. I don't think he did anything else. I think it was thirty touchdowns, five thousand yards. I don't know how Jameis wasn't in the MVP conversation last season. I don't know. I didn't see. Oh, because he threw thirty picks. Because he threw thirty. No, I didn't see anything else. I think you're getting those (laughs) that confused with the touchdowns. Uh, But uh, to kind of wrap up our NFL section, obviously this was a huge week for injuries and something that we kind of that is almost always touched on every year, and then we always brush it inside and say, nope, this is going to be be the year that it doesn't matter. Usage rates. Um, we saw Saquon tears ACL, which again we can chalk up to the new Meadowlands turf, maybe wearing him down a bit. He, obviously, sure, he didn't tear sure. he didn't tear it on the turf, but he did play the first there the first week. Mm-hmm. And we saw Christian McCaffrey have a high high ankle sprain, and he's out four to six weeks. And we saw right, and I, I they flashed a graphic while before McCaffrey was hurt in that game, and I saw it. And the past three years, he was in, in two years ago he was used ninety five percent of their offensive plays. Last year, he's used 96, and this year, he was being used 97% of the offensive plays. And there's so many touches, and there's a threshold. I believe it's about mm-hmm. at right about 400 touches. Uh, Derrick Henry's another one to watch for this. He was very highly used and ran. This is only for position season. players, right? It's, it's mostly for running backs. We're mostly talking about running backs. Okay. When running backs get 400 or more touches, then, yeah, the quarterback's going to touch the ball every game, and he's going to throw 440. But, but it's not. Right. It, run, throwing the ball is not as much strain as getting hit by five guys every play. Right. Love, love me some burger and fries. Um, but yes, sir. Uh, Better than in and out. <laughs> but we saw. But again, I mean, I don't. I, I don't know if I have really something to. I don't. I don't know if I have a question here. It's just. It's. It's scary to think about, and I don't know why do we keep. Why do we keep 
paying these running backs so much if we're going to keep right. on running them into the ground. We've been we've been learning this every year, and as Chiefs fans, we know this to be true. Um, well, actually, slightly less true for us, considering that yeah, a couple of years ago we had Jamal Charles, one of the greatest workhorses of all time. But, but we was, did but see towards ACL like every other year. Right. Exactly. Three, that's, three that's ACL tears. Yeah. Is that it? Jamal Charles was a rare case of someone being able to produce after an ACL tear, but he, admittedly he was obviously way worse than he was before the tears. But every year, some team says, we're going to break the mold, pay our running back, and it's going to be different. And it's not. Right. And we're seeing it. And we keep seeing it. And, you know, as a franchise, you probably have to give those contracts to, the, to those contributors. You had probably, you know, have to give those contracts to those running backs, but it's not looking like a good decision. You don't. If we all just agree not to do it, it'll reset the market. That's what I've learned from capitalism in America. But I, uh, but again, yeah. If we just don't pay those running backs, I think we're, I, you know. But better send a memo to all the GMs. But somebody keeps doing it. Somebody keeps doing it. They, we paid Christian McCaffrey because he was the most valuable back in the world. Like we've paid Frank Gore in years past. I mean, Frank Gore is a little bit of an exception, but Frank Gore hasn't had this high usage rate. He's like an ancient specimen. Right. I don't, he's kind of different. Christian McCaffrey needs a third down back. You can't run Christian McCaffrey because everybody knows Christian McCaffrey's getting the ball every time he's out there, and he's out there every single play. And, you know, for as good as Christian McCaffrey's been, Carolina hasn't been good. Give right. some other options. Do something different. And now we've ran him into the ground, and now you've paid somebody who's going to be out for probably half the season. I mean, you know, because even if he's out four to six weeks now, who knows if he's he might not be nearly as productive when he comes back, and he certainly is going to be a high risk to get hurt again. Oh, yeah, he's just the new boogie cousin. The best player on the worst team. And when the best player on the worst team gets injured – he gets pissed. So yeah. super hot take from me. We're going to see Christian McCaffrey suit up for a new team here in two years. He's going to be – that's my hot take. Interesting. But once again, I am comparing NBA to NFL. And the NBA, the players have all the power. And NFL, the players have no power uh, and are just basically pawn. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, you also brought up Jamal Charles, and uh, just uh, again, I like to keep on just teasing future episodes. But well, one of these one of these weeks, we're gonna when we get slow in the off season, we're gonna have to talk about Jamal Charles and the the effect he had and his Hall of Fame resume or not. But that's not he's, something he's up, that's, oh. that we're not getting into oh, it yeah, right now. Right, for later, we're not for getting later. into it right now. But you did, but we did mention a few other sports leagues, and we do want to get to one real quick because we do try to touch on you know we try to keep you know we're mo- we're big NFL fans, me and you. Keep it current. But but the second, but this, you know, probably our second favorite sport at this point. It's my second favorite sport. I guess I don't know how you feel about it. You might you might be more of a baseball guy, but I'm certainly more, as of right now, I'm more of a hockey guy. And See, I would actually go Premier League, but nothing oh, beats hockey playoffs. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, fine. Premier, Premier League's fine, I guess, if you're, you know, into dudes or whatever. No, but... Um, no, <laughs> if you're into dudes, sorry, sorry, sorry. she was like, sorry, sorry. I, I watched the no, league no, with the most thing. dudes possible. Not that that's possible. a bad thing. It's not, it's not a bad... You know, I'm just... Uh, but uh, well, let's, let's talk about the NHL and the Stanley Cup Finals real quick. Uh, after two after two games, we're tied 1-1. We saw, we saw game two last yep. night. We saw Tampa Bay Lightning hold on to it. Uh, win it three two. We saw the Stars win the first game. Yep. Uh, how are we feeling? How, how how do you feel? How do you feel about the series? How do we? <sighs> so, admittedly, I haven't been paying too much attention since the Islanders broke my heart, but that doesn't change the way I feel about uh, my new team, the Dallas Stars. Uh, so, this Dallas Stars have been hot this whole playoffs. Um, they've been looking spicy. 
They've been looking good. They've been cleaning out their games. They've been doing what they're supposed to do. Their games have either been have been mostly in their control. Um, we saw them kind of clean up a Vegas team that a lot of people thought were locks to be in the final. And now we're seeing them really compete with this uh, Kucherov-led Island, uh, sorry, uh, Lightning team. Um, so I, I'm still feeling stars. I feel like the stars stay hot, and I feel like they TCB in six games. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm uh, you know I think we saw the Lightning head up, and I mean that's that's there's times during that game where the Lightning just I mean during the series with the Islanders that the Lightning just looked unstoppable. They looked, it felt like they were everywhere. They were all over, and you just, you never felt like you could get anything through on them. And, uh, you know, two players I'm keen on is one one for the Dallas Stars. We saw uh, we saw the, the goaltender, Anton, I want to get this right. I think it's Q-Dobin. Q-Dobin? Q-Dobin? Or the goaltender, K. Good old K-H. He, uh... Good old Anton. Anton there in goal. He he's won six of his last seven starts leading up to game two. Obviously he lost game two. And but in those mm-hmm. six of seven in those last seven, he did have a he had a point nine four six save percentage, which is just in it's just insane, insane rate. Right. He showed up in game one. He got the, he got the job done, but he did obviously didn't have a strong of a start in game two. And Tampa Tampa raced out to a three goal lead in, in the first period and then held on to win three two. So right. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be key for him to keep on stepping up. And because right. he's been what's what's been leading the stars, he's been very solid in the back of the net for the stars ever since the <clears throat> the Avalanche series was different. The Avalanche series just you know hammer the over that game. Every game yeah, was like crazy. 10, 12, 15 goals. You know it was insane. But right, we're not gonna have a series like that with the Lightning. The Lightning don't play that kind. Right. You know, obviously they did throttle the Islanders eight two, but they just don't play that. And uh. And, and again for the Lightning, I think my player that I've got to watch is Victor Hedman. We saw him; he scored yeah. he scored four goals in his last two in his last two playoff series it was one against the Islanders and the Bruins each, four goals each mm-hmm. in those. And uh, he didn't do anything in Game One, so they lost. But he did have two assists in Game Two, so we're you know we're feeling better. I'm feeling better about it there, and I feel I feel a lot better about what's going on. So I I don't know. It's just. You know, but but as for who impressed me more, I the stars were. It was, uh, you said it. The stars winning in the com- in the Western Conference Finals was a much better was it was just a more impressive win for me because I thought I thought the Vegas Golden Knights looked unstoppable, and they got stopped. <laughs> right. I thought the stars had nothing for them. I thought the stars were going to be gassed, and I think you know, and they held on to them, and I. Like we said, the Lightning looked impressive against the Islanders to us as Islanders fans, but I don't know if they were right. nearly as impressive as uh, beating that red-hot Vegas Golden Knights team was. Uh, you know, the right. Islanders were a seven seed, so I'm not as impressed. Right, just based on that principle. So for for my uh, impact player for the Lightning, um, you know, the, the Lightning have looked really good, like you said. They looked just saucy against the Islanders, against the you know a, a playoffs best defense in the Islanders, um, where and the Lightning just skated around them, threw them over them, found ways to win in games that, you know, it kind of seemed like they shouldn't. But for me, the impact player, I, you, you call me vanilla, call me basic, but it's got to be Kucherov. So in all the games that the 
that the Lightning lost, I think except for one, to the Islanders, which I, you know, looking back on, I guess that's only one. But in the games that they've been losing, Kucherov hasn't been scoring. But once Kucherov gets on the score sheet, uh, either with an assist or with like what we've seen, one goal or two throughout these whole playoff series, Kucherov's their guy. And so if Kucherov makes his plays, then uh, the Lightning is going to win. But I have some other stats that I'd like to talk about. So um, I, if you remember way back on episode one, I was talking about how even though that uh, the Golden Knights had an extremely deep team, that I was talking about how Dallas had a surprisingly deep team. So in their, in their loss last night, the Lightning only had four players touch the score sheet. In their win on the first game, the the Dallas Stars had eleven players score at least one point in that in that four to one win. So I'm gonna continue what I say, uh, what I said from episode one of the Dom Bass True podcast featuring me, your host, uh, Owen Domination Seven Dom and uh, Truman Steam Machine Steam. That if the Dallas if Dallas can keep their roster being deep, I, I can't see them losing. Right. Yeah. No. I. And I'm I'm with you. So let's let's before we before we get into our little uh, minute wrap ups that we do that we like to have a little fun with. Um, the let's get your Stanley Cup prediction, Owen. Where you at? What, what you got? Uh, I got a you know I need to know the game. I know it was super spicy when I picked uh, Dallas in five, and they ended up actually doing it in five. But the Lightning are better than better than the Knights. It's got to be Dallas in six. I thought oh I thought you were just kind of thought you were gonna lay it out there thought you were gonna whip it out for us and just boom no, stars no, 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 in five no, no, again no. boy no nope. Kucherov Kucherov's too good about player to allow that to happen uh and I think I'm actually also with you there where we've got the stars I think I've got the stars also just because I think I think the I think to take what it took to beat that Vegas Golden Knights I think we're looking at finally having a stars team that gets it done so I think mm-hmm. I I'm a little closer on it I think stars in seven but even I'm like questionable about that and sometimes you know you don't. When you think of, like, you, you do series predictions, it's just how confident you feel in that team. But, like, right. in a way, I can't see the Stars losing three games to the, to the Lightning. So I almost don't trust the Stars in seven. But, you know, we've seen pretty even play. But even, this, even the Lightning's win. You know what? You know what? I'm going to be the spicy guy. I'm going to be interesting. I'm going to get it wrong this time. Again. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going Stars in five. I'm, okay. I, oh, wow. I just, I think, I think the Lightning... I, I just don't think they have it enough for it. I think they they got up three in that first period, mm-hmm. and then we saw them, we saw the goaltender we saw Anton settle back in it in in the crease mm-hmm. again and didn't allow a goal for the rest of the game. So right. it was very very similar to like the when the Islanders lost to the Caps. If that, that game felt very similar to when the Islanders lost to the Caps in right. that round, where we uh <clears throat> you know we saw them go up. We saw the Caps go up three, and then they just bled that lead out to the end, and then they had to go to overtime, right. and then they ended up winning. But still, the Caps weren't the better team than the Islanders. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's about you know, how I feel about the Lightning. Yeah, so I know that we're kind of up against it here, but I just got to cut some last final words. This is the Stanley Cup Finals. This is, this is the, you know, the big game. This is what – and I, st- I said Dar- uh, Stars and Six – but I also wouldn't be surprised if we saw, you know, these teams are so well matched in terms of they're both fast. They both have really great goaltending 
And although we didn't talk about it when we were reviewing the Islanders and Lightning, they both have great defense. So I really wouldn't be surprised if we saw either of these teams in five, either of these teams in six, or either of these teams in seven. Both of these teams have showed remarkable ability to win in overtime and to make that play. So, it's, it, honestly, this is going to be fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, had, I didn't have too much time last week because I had a bunch of tests, but you will catch me tuning into these this these last couple games of the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe not, as, maybe not as exciting as AFC South, but we'll see. Maybe maybe don't forget <laughs> exciting. Maybe uh, not. Maybe not. You know that wraps up for the con- sports content here. Of course, I have been. Well, we're we're gonna do our pop. We're gonna do our, our minutes here, uh, real quick. Of course, as always, that's Owen Dom. Owen Dom can be found at twitch.tv slash domination seven. That's D A H M I N A T I O N seven. Did I get that wrong? That's no D A H M I N T A T I O N. You got it. Sure. Okay. And then, and then I, I can be found on Twitch or t- or Twitter, both at the same S T E E H N M A C H I N E Steam Machine. Uh, we do the podcast here live on live on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central. I do. I we upload it to Spotify. Uh, I believe it's 6 a.m. Central on Thursdays, and then so something like that. Uh, on Friday, this isn't. Uh, I'm going to plug outside of you, but uh, <laughs> this is. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. I, I do a show. With uh, with my father, who's a who's the lead handicapper over at Winners and Winers, we do is we do a show called Steam vs. Machine. It's a little uh, gambling show that we do to get you ready for the NFL weekend. And me and Owen have actually also started doing a little NFL Sunday pregame show. We've got a whole slate of stuff going on I all know. over. And so, so yeah, so let us let us get you started on let let us recap it on Tuesday. Let me get you started on the betting on Friday. And then get, let's hit the pregame right before the game start on Sunday. We've got it. We've if sure. you want content, baby, we got content. So uh, <laughs> oh, we got it. Oh, we got it again. Twitch.tv slash Steam Machine. Twitch.tv slash Domination Seven. Uh, you know, I'm gonna do. Let's do a little bit of a wrap up here. Uh, I'm actually gonna go first this week. Generally, right. uh, Owen Dom's the one that goes first, and then I wrap it up uh, just because of my ego. But uh, <laughs> not really. Uh, we felt this wasn't the best thing to wrap it up on, but I do want to talk on something that is uh, a little more important, and it's just not as fun of a topic as we normally like to talk about. Um, it's something that I just... It's not... I'm not... Uh, not to get too personal with me, I'm not... I'm just not a very religious uh, guy. It's... Uh, but I don't... You know, I appreciate... I respect all religions. I appreciate people that are religious. That's, you know, good faith. Um, mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. With that being said, we are uh, kind of asking for uh, prayers and kind of good thoughts for somebody in my family. We had a uh, basically a, a cousin or someone who's about that close, <clears throat> and she uh, got in a car wreck, a pretty serious car wreck over the weekend. We're holding out all hope, and we're just kind of uh, you know holding on for uh, yeah. just just good vibes and. Uh, good thoughts so prayers if you're if you're there and you know and uh yeah just i kind of ask them just for hope and stuff like that so i don't want to bring it down too much i just you know it would it would yeah. i yeah if i didn't talk about it I, i'd feel you know terrible and it's it's been hanging on me for about the whole weekend and it'll yeah. hang on me for a bit let it out, man. but i you know that's a that's i just want to get that out and have people you know just put just put the good good energy out into the universe or whatever you know you yep. never know what's going to go on. But uh, that being said, 
I've, I've brought I've brought the show to a screeching halt enough here. Owen, you wanna, <laughs> I've got you, homie. You want to wrap us up here? I've got you. Okay, so first of all, as, as we just said, for real, uh, thoughts and prayers to, to Truman's family and uh, his uh, his cousins. You know, it, it, you hate to see stuff like that happen. We've all been there at some point, so you know, reach out, say hi. You know, just send some, send some uh, good thoughts and prayers this way. Um, but on a much lighter note, let me tell you about the. So it's a it's a age that a lot of people call the forgotten age of Disney movies, but I want to bring these back into the light. Uh, Atlantis and Treasure Planet need the live action, and they need it now. Those were two of the most underrated Disney movies of all time. Great plots, great themes, great lessons learned in all three of those movies. Uh, all two of those movies. Treasure Planet was absolutely failed by Disney. They didn't market it at all, and it was a box office flop. But I guarantee you, you talk to anybody from the 22 to 25 uh, age group, and you ask them, hey, man, have you seen Treasure Planet? If they say yes, they're not. They're only going to say good things. I'm not sure. I'm not Remake sure. now. I'm not sure either of those movies stuck out for me. I don't, I, but I do agree. I think the animation style, I think it was a very realistic plot, and I think the animation style was very... Uh, it was about as close to as realistic as we were getting at the time. So I, mm-hmm. I think the, I think the live action, I mean, we're remaking everything else live action. I think those are two movies that could absolutely take off and be, and actually be better than the original if you did. Go yeah, but, and, and there's one more thing to add. Keep Tom Holland out of them. Keep him out. I, I oh, like no, Tom Holland. Oh. He's a great guy. Just keep him the hell away from Treasure Planet. I swear to God, they remake Treasure Planet and they put Tom Holland in there. I'm gonna lose my mind. No. What's up with you can bet? You can bet if, wh- there's, if there's if there's a white guy, a young white guy that needs to be cast. Everybody on social media is gonna ask for it to be Tom Holland. He's just yes. The guy right stop. Now. It's time to at. stop. It's he's time just, he's, to stop. He's, he's, he's we saw he's this about our age. Maybe maybe even a little younger, but maybe also older. But he's just he. We looks saw like this that with high schooler. He looks that. We saw old. this with Robert Pattinson. We saw this with Daniel Radcliffe. We saw this with even freaking Josh Hutcherson. It's time to stop having these actors have one big movie and they go, let's put them in everything. No, stop, stop. Treasure Planet remake now. Tom Holland does have more range. Well, I don't know. Robert Pattinson has a lot, of, a fair amount of range now that he's proven. And I just, uh, you know, I feel, I, you know, I just, uh, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't totally disrespect Tom Holland. He, he did just come out with a very serious The Devil, uh, The Devil all the time and things like that. But yeah, let's stop, stop. Just trying to cast Tom Holland and everything. You know, Tom Holland's busy. He's got stuff going on. Uh, so let's, you know, we don't have to focus on it. But, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I'm with you here. Let's, let's re, let's Remake re- Treasure Planet. Re- such re- a great Treasure, movie. Pa- Treasure Planet in Atlantis. Atlantis? Yeah, Atlantis. It yeah, actually had right, a uh, yeah, sequel that nobody talks about. Just don't talk about it. Interesting, interesting. It, was, then, it, yeah. was, it wasn't good. Do, do live action. Keep Tom Holland out of it. You heard it for, here first. That's from Owen Dom of Dom. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, look us up. Check us out. I'm, I've been Truman Steen. Again, once again, he has been Owen Dom. How many times can that's I say it. Owen Dom in this last minute? We will see. Thanks again, Owen Dom, for being here. We'll see you next week. And uh, the podcast is going to feature special guest Owen Dom and me, Truman Steen. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.